Welcome back, Cal and listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 10. Want to thank all of you for tuning in. We're going to talk today about profits. We've talked about losing money. We've talked about tracking and strategy. And we want to talk about what happens if you win big and some best practices around that. Yeah, actually, which leads me to the question. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you. I was thinking after we talk about you know, what happens when you lose money? What happens if you're disciplined enough and you work hard enough? Now you made a lot of money. What's next? So what would you do, John? Well, from my experience, if you fall into some money, you have an investment that does well. There's a couple of questions you got to ask yourself. So I typically do long-term investing. And what you'll find is that angels or VCs will invest in a company privately. And when that company gets bought or goes public, or maybe the investor closes their position and sells their shares or a portion of their shares, that's usually called exiting the position. And in general, you want to do so at a profit. The company should have done well because when you've already made the choice to invest, especially privately, the stock's not liquid. You can't just sell off the shares. It's usually called selling it on the secondary markets. You're going to ride that to the ground. Believing in the founder, you're going to help them to succeed. And that money's considered spent. You've gone in, you've made that mental note to back the founder to invest. You're there to support them. So I think where it gets dangerous is if you get shy about it and say, well, you know what? I kind of don't want to, I need that money, or I don't feel comfortable. If you're going to have that kind of back and forth thought, maybe just hold off or as I talked about, invest less. But if you're going to make those investments go all in. So when you take a thousand dollars and it does well, so let's say you invested in a friend's business. Again, I do the long-term thing. So I always look for multiples. So something like 5x, 10x, 12, 15, 20x, those would all be considered very good, kind of what I look for. So I like to frame this conversation by saying you want to have a starting brick of what you're going to invest. So I'm going to use a block of $1,000, for example. So the game theory behind it is doubling $1,000 is great, but you want to be able to do it consistently and what happens if you start hitting those multiples? Your thousand turns into five or 10. And this is kind of the epiphany I had when I thought about saving and investing, which is if you have the cash flows to save a thousand a month, I'm going to be a little bit more ambitious with my savings goals. I'm going to say this is a task worthwhile. Guess what? If you know that future value, is going to be 5000 per thousand or maybe 10, you're going to start taking this a lot more seriously. You're going to say, wow, I can actually save the equivalent of $10,000 a month of future value. So this is where profits become important because you make some money, you might go spend it somewhere. It's kind of your money. You can do whatever you want with it. But I like to ask myself a couple of questions. So is my investment thesis still correct? So does the company have room to grow? Maybe I can go 20x instead of 10x. And am I still accurate in why I invested? And does that still hold true? So 
the mantra in investing is if you have a big success and what people will do is if you ever come into a life-changing amount of money, so I'm talking it could be 100000 it could be more, usually you want to take some off the top. You could maybe sell off 25%, take some amount of money where you can basically take the edge off and start maybe going on vacation, rest a little bit. You don't have to worry about living the paycheck to paycheck. And I don't mean that in the physical sense. I mean, in the sense of, you know what, you just got into a big windfall. You're doing well now. You've got some money in the bank. This is kind of advice for lottery winners too. I've heard just kind of leave it in the bank for a year. Don't spend it. So you want to not be impulsive or very rash with your actions. You want to say, okay, this is my spoils of war. I've got some money. It's done well. And because your strategy was to not go all or nothing to begin with, and maybe one out of your 10 or one of your 20 investments does well, you're playing a numbers game at this point. When you do well, you won't actually need that money right away. So sit on it, especially if it's your first one, pat yourself on the back, understand that this is your new life. You're growing your life, you're building the future, and you're being rewarded for it. So no need to just go blow it all. You can take a portion, you can bank it all. And it's back to what I talked about in the previous episode. So you've got this $1,000 a month, these cash flows that you've decided are going to be the building blocks for your investments. And if you start to outgrow that, and what I mean by that is you're saving in the thousands of dollars, maybe your investment hits 10,000. And to me, I wouldn't consider that much different 10 or 20,000, although most people would you're still in that realm of the tens of thousands. So you want to keep repeating these investments, have some wins where you keep playing that game and you're kind of always in that tens of thousands range with some profits, maybe cash on hand. You want to keep in that realm of investment and keep the flywheel going. Don't get too excited. Keep going. And until one of those things changes, so either you're going to have, let's say you get a job promotion Maybe you can save more than a thousand a month. You can save, I don't know, five thousand. So you're still in that seed stage of taking blocks of money and growing them. And guess what? If you make 10x on five thousand, fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money, but you're still in those tens of thousands realms. So what I would advise you to do is think of those orders of magnitude I talked about. Your building blocks are single thousands of dollars. Your target is going to be tens of thousands. So maybe one out of 20 investments does well, maybe five do. You kind of really not outgrowing that level. The goal is to, based on the tools we gave you, so you're tracking, you're strategizing, you're disciplined, you're kind of educating yourself. Until you break that barrier past tens of thousands, just keep doing what you're doing. This is a long-term game. A lot of the pros will have funds that mature over time. They'll grow to five or seven years. Until that fund returns back money to where they're happy and none of this is guaranteed. So assuming you take it seriously, treat it like a job, what you'll find is at some point in your life, you'll eventually pass that threshold of, okay, I've made 10 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand. What happens one day if your bank account says 100,000 or 110, 150,000? This is where I'd like you to pay attention. So. A, remember where you came from. You had this 
beginning of $1,000 savings, you decided that that was money that you're going to allocate towards building blocks towards investing. And you've had some returns, nothing life-changing, but guess what? You jump a couple orders of magnitude. You're in the hundreds of thousands. I know for 90, 95% of people, maybe more, this is where life-changing money starts to happen. And this is where you have to start deciding, am I going to shift my saving strategy, my profit-taking strategy? Because if this is a life-changing amount, you want to build a nest egg. You want to start building your own future of financial stability, of not worrying about, am I going to lose my job? It really changes the game for you. So what I would say is you make $100,000, bank it, put it aside. If you believe those investments are still going to grow, that's a different story. You're likely playing many at this point and you leave the ones that are doing well, maybe take 10, 20% off the table and let the rest ride out. Again, because under the thesis of the money's not essential, it's not demanded now, you have a long time horizon as we discussed. These are all the building blocks to be able to do this, to be able to grow funds, to build a future that becomes its own flywheel of growth, right? If you think about what we talked about, whether you make 100 or 150, you're still in that hundreds of thousands range. So keep that in mind. You're going to want to grow that and play in that realm until you hit the next level again. Now, what happens if you get 200,000, okay? So you may say, I'm going to keep 100 in the bank. I'm going to take the under 100 and redeploy it, okay? So why is this important? Let's say you're going to make 10 investments on the second batch of 100 grand. You've now just jumped the level of order of magnitude from 1,000 to 10,000 per investment. So you're going to have new batches of money to play with. You're going to reevaluate if you have any new opportunities. Maybe you want to double down on something that's doing well. Maybe a company went public. You want to put some more money in. Maybe they're still growing, right? There's lots of growth stories of public companies who no one believed, oh, Google and Apple and Amazon won't keep growing. They can't because they can't really see the future, but these companies kept growing. So I mean, maybe you're going to keep contributing there or things like that. I guess what I'm trying to say is you want to keep in mind that you will be growing through these orders of magnitude of money and taking some profit is important. Awesome stuff. So what's the problem with the people thinking, you know what, I was able to turn 1,000 to 5,000 to 10,000 to 50,000 and now it's a few years down the road and now it turned to $200,000, right? Now, what's the problem with just thinking, well, if I take that 200000 and I can make five to 10 times multiple, I can make anywhere between one to $2 million as opposed to just taking 100000 and making half of that potentially. So why not go all in, right? What do you think about that? I'm not the authority, but if we look about our definition of risk, if you're not ready to accept both outcomes, and again, we're going to make it binary. So you take your 50,000, maybe you make 2 million or maybe you lose 50,000. If you're kind of growing that money and you don't have enough building blocks to recapitalize, as it's called, to refund yourself, to take more chances, then be prepared for it to go to zero and 
maybe you won't get that opportunity for another 10 years, right? So a success is a success. No one can take that from you. But in the markets, it's like riding a paddle boat on the ocean. One day you could do well, and out of nowhere, there could be a rogue wave that kind of turns you upside down, and you better be prepared to weather a storm. That's why people talk about risk, about different return profiles, about different methods of managing risk, because you got to be prepared to weather that storm. There are things that could happen that are not in your control. Market forces, the economy, competitors, industries coming and going. I remember hearing a stat where I'm talking big companies. So you have the advent of the iPhone. I'm sure it was like Kodak or HP. Some of these companies lose billions in 6, 12, 18 months. What do you do then, right? So even the best and the brightest minds get surprised sometimes. And we're not saying not to do it. We're just saying be prepared for both sides. So that's what I would say. Look at your growth level and how you can recapitalize. If you can recapitalize quite easily, you're making good money at work, you've got money set aside, your life's stable, then maybe you can manage that risk. But back to the sustainability equation. If you ever make an investment in your life that is money you have, and that money would put you out of sustainability if it went to zero, let's say it's your life savings, 10, 20, $50,000, I would take a pause and say, maybe I shouldn't risk it all because that would really damage your psyche and probably put you into a bit of a depression, you know? So I've done that mental math myself and I've seen it with my own investments. Well, you know what? I'm going to be really rich if everything goes right. And a good practice I've noticed on my own is to not live in that fantasy world, focus on the real trades, the real investments, the real deals. What is actually happening? What's my actual return profile right now? What is my investment actually doing? And it adds some level of calm to it because you'll stay grounded even when you do well. Again, it's back to the emotional equation. Leave the emotion out of it. You're doing this for a living. Don't mix emotion. Don't pretend it's a lottery ticket. Take it seriously. Take the returns seriously. Take the losses seriously. And stay grounded. Stay in it for the long game. That's basically how I would look at it. It's an awesome point. It's the same concept of if $1,000, it's binary and thinking either you double it or lose it all. If it's too big a pill to swallow, then why don't you just go with a smaller position, right? So something they can afford to lose. And I think this basically ties in very well with what you've talked about now is if $50,000, $100,000, whatever money that you ended up growing your capital into, and now you have this amount that's enough for you that could be life-changing for you personally, then again, you just go with a smaller position. You grew it to that amount. Now that's too big an amount for you to risk all in. And you go with a smaller position. And I just wanted to add as well that it goes also a lot with investing. So they say you can diversify. And once your capital is large enough, I think this is also good advice. I mentioned before that if your capital is small, it might not be the best idea. But when it gets to a larger amount, then it's not a bad idea because 
That way, if one thing goes down or you lose on one investment, the others can either keep your average going up or holding up your total profits or returns. So for others as well who are a bit more aggressive, you can start putting 10% or 15% or 20% of your investment into something a bit more risky and try to maybe capitalize on that with having higher multiple returns. So I can potentially make 20 times my invested capital. So instead of putting my 200000 I can risk putting 20000 because if that 20000 gets to zero, it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, it teaches me the lessons that I need to know. So the next time I put my money into a similar investment in terms of risk, I'm more aware of what to do, what not to do, what to expect, and what's realistic. What if I put this $1,000 into this risky investment? I can make two, three times the return and turns into three, four grand, and then put all that money in then again and get two, three times the return. Now it's 15000 and they keep doing that 10, 15 times could be returning you six to seven figures at the end of it. Yeah, that's in a perfect world, and that's how compounding works. But realistically, it's not going to happen without any hiccups. And that's when you need to be smart with managing your money. That is a good point, actually. So money is a percent because you can think of it as building blocks to grow, diversification because you won't be in an all or nothing play. It'll be 10 or 20 different blocks of different companies, different baskets of indices, different private investments, cars, real estate, gold, whatever asset you may choose. But the point is, if you get good at this, you're going to have your bearings, you're going to have a methodology that works for you. And no one's perfect at it, but you'll eventually get an idea of what works and what doesn't. And you want to follow that and lean into it. So when you understand that you have building blocks, you're sustainable, you have returns that maybe you'll take some off the top and you want to grow through those orders of magnitude of money. I really believe that this is how you get to a life-changing amount where you can start to buy your time back as we talked about. You can start to fund new projects. It could be anything from helping out family and friends to doing hobbies to growing businesses. You really start to understand money as a utility, as fuel, and not something that's elusive, that's scarce. I think the actual opposite. You'll start to realize that it's abundant. You can deploy it when you want, and you're not beholden to slaving your time or conceding that you're never going to have it. I really believe that the opposite is true. So... What do you say for those who ask, okay, how much off table should I take? Is it 10%, 20%, 50%? Take the amount that's life-changing and park it. So if you come into tens of thousands, 50,000, 100,000, and you're going to say, wow, you know what? I did really, really well. Take it off the table. Unless you have good reason to believe your thesis is still correct and there's more to capture in the coming years. But if you're kind of maybe in between that, it's life-changing and I think the company will still grow and maybe take half. Whatever you think is going to take the edge off and help you take a pause for a second, right? 
you've done well, you've come a long way, you want to have a cushion. So there was a stat, I don't know the percentage, but I think it's quite common in North America to live paycheck to paycheck. And when things aren't quite right, it could be, oh yeah, the world's out to get me. Nothing's going my way. And you kind of internalize negativity and you pay attention to the wrong things. But take the flip side of the coin and start a foundation. So once you get to sustainability, once you start investing, when you start doing well, don't let it change you. Keep doing what you're doing. You keep your job. You start to control the direction of your life and take whatever percentage you know is meaningful where you have that cushion and you can maybe start building the next set of investments, right? And I would say this is a lifelong journey. If you look at some of the crazy entrepreneurs who have an outsized return, I'm talking in the tens or hundreds of millions, a lot of them go back into it and start funding new projects or if you want to be the person retiring on an island, all the power to you. Again, it's fuel. You don't win the game and life's over. Life keeps going on. So just realize that you get to control your own direction and then go from there. Very good advice. And that's it. We are all doing this because we want to keep growing and to get to the point where we're in control. Like I said, we're not slaving away and just selling all our time to earn a living. And then when the time comes to enjoy retirement, it might be too late or you might not really enjoy it. You might not have the health aspect or life around you has changed or your loved ones have moved on or whatever the case might be. So it might be a bit more difficult. Again, there's a reason behind this. It's not the end. It's a means to the end. And I completely agree with everything you said. And Again, it's about growing and managing that money and you've worked hard for it to turn that 1,000 to 10 to 50 to 100 to 200. So if anything, you'd be a bit more careful now with the steps that you take. What worked before might work again, it might not, but you'd be a bit more cautious with how much you're going to put into what and hopefully earn certain multiples on it. And even if it's a marginal return, even if you get to a point where you're only making 10%, now... There are not many things that you can get a consistent 10%. Some might argue you can do it in real estate. Some say the financial markets into like stocks to be particular. But again, there are risky times like we're having right now. Stocks are very, very volatile and not something I'd recommend who wants to do long-term to do right now because again, the value might drop. It might not go back for the next few years. It might never go back. It might go back in a few months time. I don't know. And no one really does. But by managing your money, if you have cash on hand and into real estate, some into stocks, some into a business and some into other commodities, like you said, like gold or silver or something like that, then that's where you're diversifying and trying to grow in every sector and every different field. And and maybe a little bit to yourself and a little bit to a bit of an entrepreneurship business that you had in mind that you wanted to do. And that ties also well with something we talked in a previous episode about having multiple streams of income. Because what you're doing is you're making that money work for you in different fields. And if one field is not performing well or is not performing as expected, you have the other aspects of it. So your quality of life doesn't get compromised. And it all makes sense. It all ties in with each other and together. And that's something that we have to keep in mind. Very good points. And, you know, I was just thinking about, go ask somebody who works in retail how to do their job. They'll give you, without thinking, 
the right ways based on experience or how they're trained could be in any industry. So you eventually get good at what you know and what you do. And if you do this long enough, like Cal said, you'll start to see patterns. You'll start to have your own bearings of what's a smart decision, what's not. And I truly believe just like we are all unique, your methodologies might be unique, but they'll work for you and you'll understand where they do well, where they don't. And this will all come to you, right? So take some profit off the table. That's where you start to realize you're doing a good job. Things are working in your favor and keep going, right? Keep building the future, keep building the world. With that said, let's wrap up today's episode. So to summarize, profits will come. Don't let it change your life. You've earned it. Take some off the top, especially if it's life-changing, and go back at it. Keep building, keep going, so that you can actually have the future you want. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in. This is Methodical Millions, Episode 10. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com and info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.